0: to another episode of the TakeCast. My name is Davis Matic. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Matic. In this episode of the show, I'm joined by Will Brinson from CBS to discuss a lot of things. We went around the NFL, talked about how gambling has impacted Will's job specifically, and just sort of coverage and how NFL broadcasts have integrated gambling into their coverage. Of course, we had to talk about uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs and the homogenization of passing in the NFL. A little bit of live PGA stuff there at the end, found Will to be a great hang. Hope that you guys enjoy the conversation. If you want to support this show, you can subscribe to patreon.com slash take cast to get bonus episodes and support continued creation of the program. You can leave a rating or a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can just tell a buddy or a friend about the program. Now let's go ahead and get into it. All right, everyone. Welcoming Will Brinson from CBS Sports to the program. Very excited. Long time. Follower from afar, uh listener to the Pick Six podcast, uh, enjoyer of debates between you and Mr. Prisco. And uh <laughs> I, I, I generally find you to be a pretty entertaining social media presence because this is the number one thing I admire when people from big NFL media are into gambling or fantasy sports. To me, that's yeah. always that is always like if you are if you're if you're on uh, ESPN, CBS, Yahoo, whatever. And your job is big NFL, but you're still into gambling. That's what I'm all for, man. So thank you for joining the program.
1: Well, I, I appreciate it. you know. Actually, I mean, I'm not like I. I feel like I was on the the forefront of big NFL gambling media. Like for sure. I mean, I mean we. I mean, just. I mean, and that's that's more like me just being me on a on <laughs> on whatever platform I've been given. Um, yeah, you know, we. I mean, just we would before it was even like a thing. I mean, because I, mean, I started at CBS in like 2000 and. 10 or 11, which is, geez, like for freaking ever ago. Um, But even then, you know, we would, CBS was kind of cool with, CBS has never said anything like don't write about gambling. Right. You know, um, and although, you know, I don't know if we can do it now, but for a long time, we we couldn't even have team logos on gambling pages because that was part, because we're a broadcast partner. I don't think I'm spilling anything. Like a big secret. Like we've gotten, you know, emails that say, hey, like you can't, you can't do picks against the spread and use NFL team logos. Like that's a violation of your of, like the overall deal or whatever. And I'm sure that's obviously changed with, you know, the incorporation of all the stuff, but yeah, I mean, like I'm just, I remember, you know, writing in 2012 or whatever, and like talking about gambling in the context of like a game or like a point spread. And It was like, when you wrote about that, like there were like maybe two people writing about it nationally. And now like if a, if a, if a, you know, a, a, a as Scott Van Pelt says a, a pitchy, pitchy woo woo, goes backwards in the end zone. It's like 42 viral stories. Like you can, like, that's the number one most Googled thing. And that's all anybody's talking about. And, um, w- which is cool. Like it's good, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I got my start, uh, my first internet boss was, uh, Matthew Barry of ESPN fame, uh, back before he was at ESPN when you, had, he was, had the talented Mr. Roto.com. Yep. Yeah. And I wrote, I wrote there for, I think I, I an undisclosed amount
0: per month that my father said should prevent me from ever doing the job that I'm currently doing. A hundred percent. Well, what I, so there's always been the undercurrent, you know, I mean, we've yeah. had, uh, you know, Musburger has always been uh, one of those guys who would, who would very subtly reference the spread. I mean, going way back to the Greek and, and all, of you course. know, I like, I like the Rams big, but it's really been a fascinating development to see people who never cared about gambling, who who were, you know, too rich, too insulated, whatever, whose whole job was television the whole time, sort of have to, uh, I-, I mean, integrate gambling into the broadcast. But also, like, sometimes the way that these broadcasters and, and pundits talk about the spread. It's, it's like uh, Al Michaels doing a read for a Spider-Man movie. It it feels, (laughs) you know, it feels, it it, it feels as if they are, are being forced to like speak a a foreign language or something. It comes off so stilted.
1: Yeah. I mean, I thought that um, initially when Joe Buck started doing it for Fox and incorporating uh, and I like, I kind of gave him a hard time, I think on Twitter or whatever, like, ah, it's the buck. He's like, and, you know, that, uh, is a concerning field goal for, uh, many and, uh, you know, the right. uh, and like trying to like, trying to dance around it and really like in hindsight, and I, I came around pretty quickly to not being critical of it because one, he's at least making an effort. And like, you could sure. see that he, you know, in, in a, and I and mean, and I should point out that like CBS has taken and unless Sean McManus has changed this and I'm not aware of it, like a, a stance that we're not going to talk about on the broadcast. So it's not like. You know, it's not like I I, I eagle or, or or Kevin Harlan or Jim Nance, you know, couldn't do it um, if they wanted to. It's just like I think that's the that's the stance that we're taking for our for in terms of our broadcast stuff. Um, but like Buck, you know, Fox was Fox always is always a little bit edgier, right? I mean, they always or at least you know attempts to be and like Fox, you knew they were going to go in hard or you know, harden the paint on it. Um, and they did. And I, th- I thought that Buck, like it, you know, in hindsight thinking about it, like he he's making the effort to try and be able to discuss it in a way. Uh, I'm a little surprised we haven't seen um, maybe more uh, like uh, of an emphasis on like, like gambling, like a gambling guy, gambling guy in the booth. You know, like we've got, yes. you know, we got the Sterators we've got the Mike Pereira's like, why not have somebody who's like, yo, the head is like, this is going to be a dog fight. Like go to somebody like, Hey, like, or like, I mean, I'm not saying it. could be me. I'd happily do it. Like, Hey Brinson, like, uh, are, are there concerns right now? It's like, yeah, well, 78% of the public bet on the Packers here, Joe. And it's looking highly likely that the Bears are going to cover this with the lead and the spread. Yeah, I, I think that would be kind of interesting. We're probably a ways off on that. But to your point, like, you know, you think about all the people who are not into gambling, Davis, and like, and like what's happened and, and the way that it shifted fantasy football now. I think about like, what is my dad into? Like, my dad is like completely uh, literate when it comes to fantasy football now. Like, he can, right. you know, he can't, if you talk about gambling, like he can do it because, but, you know, I mean, like he, you know, just not his cup of tea like you know he grew up in the 70s like he can do it but like you know like but talk about fantasy football previously completely illiterate now completely literate and i would guess in the next phase in the evolution i just sort of using him as kind of a you know a generalized
0: that's that's who the product is for though the product is not for me the product is not for you we're watching it regardless there's we you know we prefer red zone or whatever we we got our NFL. we're tweeting about the
1: gambling like they're
0: yeah and it's like exactly yeah like i think that I think that
1: it is hard sometimes to to be able to say, okay, they're doing a good job. Like people who are in the space in this bubble are like, it's like, what is this nonsense that you're trying to pass for like a gambling discussion on TV? But then the way it's working to who the, the, to your point, the demographic that you're speaking to, it probably works at least right now. I would expect we'll see another evolution of it there.
0: Well, sure. And I mean, there is also sort of this element and I'm not, I am not um, jealous of the executives and, and the producers who have to be making these decisions on like how in depth you want to go, because, you know, you start putting the NFL next gen stats on, on the broadcast and people are bristling at this. People are bristling at, yeah, they, they don't want to know how many yards of separation Tyreek Hill has on average at (laughs) at the catch point. That is like, that is uh, you know, it's, it's like, uh, when the baseball broadcast starts putting weighted on base average instead of batting average, like you can't, you can't have that because most of the people don't want it at all. They're not interested.
1: Well, and and in a way that's like so stupid too, because you're like, I don't care about analytics and fancy stats. It's like, what do you think batting average is? Yes. it's the same thing. It's just one's like one simpler. Like one, I mean, like just you learned what batting average was. It's like I just like runs and and RBIs. Like can this guy produce RBIs? It's like. Well, can if somebody's if somebody else does something.
0: It's like, what, like how do you not understand that? It's it's, it's 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 measuring the same thing but worse, right?
1: Correct. Well, it's also like sort of a like a tell on your age too, and we we've known that forever, right? It's like, yeah. I mean, I just liked it when the game was simple with RBIs and runs, and you know, like my uncle Mills would be like, you know, well, you never bet against the Lions on Thanksgiving. I'm like, I think you do. I think like I think now you don't. Make, a good
0: idea. Yeah, it's right? like, I think
1: you have made a lot of money if you bet. I, I love Mills, but you know, it's just like like, it's, and, like he wouldn't complain or anything. But it's just like there are this this you know the older you get, the more you, you know. I, mean, I I like I hate being thinking of myself as old, but I mean, like you know, the older you get, the more set in your ways, and you know, you're just like nope. Like I'm not learning TikTok. Don't no. care if everybody's on it. I'm
0: not learning that. That's I'm never going there. Like I, that's. And I think I've hit that barrier, sadly enough. I noticed that the most with myself with music. Like if I didn't hear this by the time I was 15, I have no room. <laughs> I have no room in my heart for it. Like right. it's very, very rare for me to get into a new band. Like it's basically yeah. like if, if this has got to, it's gotta release something from that I felt when I was a kid. And if it does, I'm into it. And I like I totally get, especially with baseball. Baseball is the one where I'm like. You're just never going to change some of these people's minds. No, but, never. But football is so like it it is so different from the game that was played even 10 to 15 years ago. It does it does feel like like honestly who is even still out there saying like I really just want to root for a team that runs the ball and plays good defense. <laughs> like I don't I I feel like almost no even one Even Falcons really
1: fans did. don't like it. Like Falcons no. fans
0: aren't happy about what's going on. Bears
1: fans are maybe the only ones. And like, that's like his Justin Fields is running it 160 times. And like watching him run is really exciting Every there. He's risking his life every time he does it. I think one of the things that's interesting about that too, is it's so much harder in baseball too. We can be like, we aren't professional baseball players, but we can say, Hey, stupid old person. This is why this is better than this. And it is like very simple to explain. Like here's the weighted, for, you know, you're getting on base versus, you know, you're batting average. Like there's a little bit less luck. It incorporates the skill that is taking a walk. Um, whereas in football, when you start getting into the analytics, the, and you hear the, you know, the players, former players talk about this and all, all the time, but it's like, you have to know what 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 play was called. And there's so many people right. involved in every play that don't have a statistical attachment to them. You know, I mean, you can, we can say, you know, you have a PFF grade, but that's subjective too. you know, there's like in a, in a baseball play, you can definitively say, you know, every pitch, you know, strike ball. I mean, obviously the striker ball is, can be subjective with the umpire, but like you can say, was the ball hit into play out of play? Was there an error? who, you know, who recorded what for every play in football? There is, you know, you could blame, you could watch a play and blame the guard for the blow for the sack but maybe it was a blown assignment by the tackle that caused the guard to have to get a mismatch, the the matchup that he wasn't supposed to get. Maybe the quarterback held on to the ball. There's so many um, variables that we can't play. Even former players say that they can't tell for sure until they find out from the coaching staff and the players after the game, like what was at fault. And so I think that sort of hampers the advancement of analytics to a degree in football more so than other sports
0: that is what people bristle at, right? People bristle at, well, you can't blame Joe Burrow for taking all these sacks because you don't know, maybe that's what the coaching staff wants him to do. And uh, I mean, this, like, that's like a very niche example, but Burrow right. obviously has heard that criticism. And so in interviews, he says, well, you know, I try I, like on a third down, I'll take a sack, right? Because it doesn't matter anyways, as long as we're not in field goal range. And then you dig into the data and you're like, actually his third down sack rate is is about the same as the other down. <laughs> right, and, and then right. it just repeats in a cycle and, or it's like um, it's like
1: it's like Jamar Chase versus Panay Sewell. It's like which yes. you know, which one is like you can't definitely say that Panay Sewell would make the big and I mean obviously Chase and Sewell both ended up being really good, but you can't say like, you know, even before the draft, it was like, well, if you get him a wide what was the, the the meme? Like it was like
0: it the, know, Burr, yeah, the yeah on the, his the back. very <laughs> famous meme. Right. Yeah,
1: and like it's like it's like Jamar Chase wide open, but burrows on his back versus like, you know, and then it just Again, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily come down to like that position. It comes out of like that player who's throwing to, you know, like like who he's throwing to and then what your replacement level is. It's, it's just so much harder to quantify.
0: Have you found football more or less enjoyable as it has drifted into, you know, because the issue with baseball, and this is a hundred percent true and people inside of baseball acknowledge this, that the analytics has sort of made the, the, the product on the field less enjoyable, right? The the ball spends less time in play. There are more home runs, but there are a lot of strikeouts. Not a lot Mm. of, you know, not a lot of bases loaded. Guys are bunting. There's less, you know, there's just a lot less strategy. It's just really about like trying to really get down to these independent variables. And obviously that hasn't happened to the same extent in football, but you have sort of seen a homogenization of styles. A lot of the really good teams, the Eagles I think did a great job going against that. Right. Because they have this amazing, you know, superhero at quarterback that allows them to play in a different way, but like the bills, the Bengals, the chargers, the chiefs, you know, they're pretty much playing the same style of football and, and the, the team that people would point out uh, being opposite that the 49ers they I think if they had one of those guys, a quarterback, they would play the same way too. I just think Shanahan obviously has been limited with the types of quarterbacks he's had. And those guys, you know, Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, these guys are so fun and so creative that maybe you don't even realize it. But for, like from a statistical perspective, they're kind of all calling the same style of plays. They're throwing passes to the same area of the field. Like and that homogenization over a long enough timeline probably does become a problem.
1: Yeah, I think so. What's interesting is that, and I don't, I don't think you're wrong with that at all. It's like you have these short passes, screen passes. You know, um, yes. you have the the little like the little underhand shovel, right? The the Andy Reid special that that right. it's a copycat league, it, which is a, a copycat phrase, but it's, it's true. Like every, you know, it's constantly you're seeing something. But usually, it's Andy Reid does something, and then like five years later, you know. Twenty five or like forty percent of the league, or sixty percent of the league, or whatever is doing it. I, th- I think it's interesting. I was I was happened to be um, look at this the other day. It was like looking at uh, the NFL Elo or NFL NF Elo, I guess is is the name of the site. But it's like you can look at um, the run pass rate on there and do it over the past like five or six years. And it's like t- uh, twenty nineteen Ravens and twenty twenty two Falcons have the highest run rate of the of of anybody over the last four years. Then it's 2020 Ravens. I mean, the Ravens, you know, pretty obvious Lamar Jackson factor here. 2020 Patriots. 2022 Bears. 2020 Titans. 2022 Panthers. I think it's interesting that you know if you go back to like and include, I think I included 20. I didn't include 2018. Let me add that just to make sure I'm not wrong here. But um, yeah, the 2018 Seahawks you could toss in there too. But like you just see this. There's actually more teams kind of run, kind of going against the grain. I think lately, grain. where and, and I and I. I don't, you know, I'm listing these teams and outside of the Ravens are not necessarily great teams, Um, but Patriots 2020 made the playoffs. Of course, they had the, you know, the win game this post Tom Brady era. I I think part of it is, okay, if we don't have the solution at quarterback, let's try and pivot to being a power run team. And we saw like Sean Payton ran the ball a lot more than people thought, even when he had Drew Brees. And I think part of that is not like to 50% or anything, but like, I think part of that is you know, you now have the defensive shift where you're in nickel 60 plus 65% of the time. And you have this shift in the different type of defenders that are on the field in those packages, where you have like, you know, uh, you know, Isaiah Simmons, right, who is the type of defender that didn't exist 10 years ago or 15, 20 years ago, whatever it is. And and so, and not like just him as an example, it's like a hybrid guy, you know, one of the 50 guys that the Cardinals drafted in the last five years. Um, but it's like the, uh, I think some teams are saying we can, we don't have the, we don't have Patrick Mahomes. Let's win by stacking the, like, let's win by, by running the ball effectively against these lighter boxes and these lighter defenses, both in terms of the size of player and in the number of like, the number of like big guys that are out on the field, you know, you're not running against Ray Lewis and Brian Urlacher anymore. You know, you're running like, you might get a, you know, Luke Keekly's gone. You're not running against Keekly. Like you might get a Roquan Smith or, you know, like a, you know, some elite linebacker, but by and large, you know, you're, you're going to see much more hybrid defenses and much more, much, much lighter defenders. Now, maybe they're faster, but you, you know, you get an AJ Dillon out there. Like I think we'll see the Packers gravitate towards like a 50 50 uh, this year with Jordan under center.
0: Well, it's also the defenses are kind of baiting you into it. I mean, I'm far from like a guru of defensive coverages, but my sure. understanding is that the, exactly, whole, yeah. the whole idea of this cover, the cover two, the two high safeties that, I mean, made the 2021 Kansas city Chiefs look like the Washington generals for about a month before they went into the bye week and kind of figured it out is you limit big plays. You keep the entire, uh, you keep everything in front of you. And yeah, sure, maybe you're allowing more seven-yard completions, but you're not letting Jamar Chase or Tyree Kill or Stephon Diggs beat you for 70 once a game. Right. And the natural, the you know, so if that's what the defense is giving you, sort of the natural evolution, if you don't have one of these wizards at quarterback, is well, let's just get this really good offensive line, let's get you know a 230-pound running back, uh, and just I I mean I can I I cannot ever get that. Marcus Mariota throws two interceptions in a row and Arthur Smith basically just goes on tilt and is like, I'm not letting you throw the ball again. We are just running the ball until this game is over. And they had that 13 play drive. That was all rushes between Caleb Huntley and Tyler Algier that turned into a touchdown, which is like, I don't know. That is kind of entertaining. That is kind of entertaining football to watch. I mean, I don't know if I'd want to be betting on that team. I don't know if I'd want to be a fan of that team, but I'm glad, like, I don't, I don't, Think a team of thirty-two or a league of thirty-two different teams, all just basically trying to be the Bills or the Chiefs or the uh, the Bengals, would be really that fun to watch.
1: No, I mean, especially if it was like the Panthers with Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield and PJ Walker trying to be like right. the Chiefs. Like, if I, I think it's fascinating too to suggest like what like the what if Mitchell Trubisky and and Patrick Mahomes had switched places and. Mitchell Trubisky goes in plays for Andy Reed and sits behind Alex Smith, a very willing mentor um, for an entire year to learn a playbook. And Patrick Reed, Patrick Reed, Patrick Mahomes, um, Patrick Reed, <laughs> major on the mind. Yeah, um, yeah, on the, mind. <laughs> the Patrick Mahomes goes to Chicago and plays for John Fox and is out there, you know, replacing Mike Glennon five games into the season in this like Dowell Loggins, I think was his OC, maybe like John Fox offense. That's just from 1942. Like Patrick Mahomes is not the two time, not a two time Super Bowl winner, not a two time MVP. And he definitely didn't throw for 50 passing touchdowns and 5,000 passing yards the following season. I don't think, I don't think Mitchell Trubisky is winning all those titles and winning those MVPs, but I think that there's. a a median like there's there's all kinds of different outcomes for this right I mean like you know Mahomes looks good and they fire Fox anyway and they bring in somebody else maybe Matt Nagy who knows Um, but like There's a there's 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 a universe where those guys are equal skill level and equal like resume because they flip places like that's how much that matters in the league and uh, coaching and offensive line and circumstances all matter and if you try if you like threw Andy Reid into Carolina right now or maybe put Andy Reid in Chicago actually with Justin Fields would be pretty good I mean with Bryce Young would be pretty good if you give Andy Reid a quarterback he'll be good I'm just thinking like Andy Reid is not going to make every team in the NFL the Super Bowl champion. He's going to make him like five wins better for sure. Bill Barnwell argued this years ago on Greatland. Like there's no salary cap for coaching. Go spend all of your, you're a billionaire and you want to win, go spend a hundred million on a coach. Like Sean Payton should have gotten $80 million from somebody good, good or maybe NBA, did.
0: good NBA teams do this. They spend right. good NBA teams, hire the best assistant coaches, the best shooting coaches, the best trainers. Like that's how you can tell who's really serious about yep. winning, which is like, Oh, you got like huge market inefficiency. I would think for NFL teams would be strength and conditioning. like get have the absolute state of the art. You got to have like, whoever's publishing papers, who's ever figuring out exercise physiology the best, you should be Chip hiring Chip him.
1: Kelly was ahead of the curve, I, you know, kind of, I guess, ironically, because he got fired you know, because he's too terrible a GM. But like, right. and, and they got lucky too, you know, injury regression is, is a real thing. And they got lucky that one year where I think 2013 when Foles led the league and had the greatest, like the single greatest or second greatest now, I guess Brady broke it, touchdown interception ratio 27-2 or whatever. But like Chip Kelly was, it came in and was like we're not doing this, this, and this, and like I think that stuff stuck around in Philly, and it's helped pave the way for Doug Peterson, Howie Roseman, and then you know Nick Sirianni to have success.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, and uh, it is you you in a league with a salary cap too. Like, I wonder if at some point the the, the players would never go for this, but positional spending limits too, yeah. because this is uh, I mean if I was uh, in the Bengals front office or the Bengals ownership group, I'd be like, oh, I think we should definitely put a cap on how much quarterbacks and wide receivers (laughs) should earn. Or the the chargers are pounding the table for it. Like, I love this idea. (laughs) I don't, I don't think people have realized how much of a bind the Cincinnati Bengals are about to be in in about 18 months. I mean, it is, this is like if they can't get Burrow or chase or T to do some sort of team friendly thing for them. Right. I, I honestly feel kind of bad for Bengals fans because They happen to run into this era. It's the greatest era of Bengals ever, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got to be.
1: Well, so I mean, John Breach, who uh, is on the Pick Six podcast with me, his dad kicked in two Super Bowls for the Bengals, but they lost. This is way before my time. Right, of course. Yeah, I mean, but like, (laughs) I I mean, I think it was like uh, there's actually there's actually a great um, before the Super Bowl in twenty was it twenty twenty one where they lost the Rams. Yeah. Um, we had Jim Breach and Anthony Munoz on. And Jim told the story about how I think it was before the 80s, 80, it was, it was a championship AFC championship game in the eighties. And he and his roommate went to a diner to get lunch before the day of the game, which one is like insane that you could just, you just go to a diner the day of the AFC championship game, grab some lunch. Like nowadays you were in lockdown, like for like the entire week and they they go to the cars. Get they're getting getting the launched. He told us tell a story in the podcast. You can go subscribe, rate, and review anybody who wants to hear it. Uh, and up. they go, yeah, exactly. Um, they uh, they go and go to the car, and the cars car breaks. The car's down. The battery died, or like something, like, something <laughs> like that. And they're like, oh crap, we got to be at the stadium for the AFC Championship game in like four hours. The waitress gives them a ride to the game. Like the waitress, I mean, like, can you imagine that happening in in in? in 2023 where it's like yeah just was that, like if you weren't if you weren't at the stadium 12 hours ahead of that game there would be like an apb out on every single like every single person who was possibly missing but yeah i mean i think that this is breach called this team we asked him this the other day he said he's never been more hopeful more excited he's been a Bengals fan his whole life he's 40 plus years old than the 2023 Cincinnati Bengals. Like he's never felt more optimistic about a Bengals team in his entire life than this Bengals team. So I think to your point, yes, even when they had Boomer, who won MVP, like the, the Burrow is the truth. Everybody knows it. Nobody questions it. Yeah. And if he didn't win a
0: Super Bowl, I think we'd all be really surprised. And they're going to have to get creative. Their front office is going to have to draft really well because. Yep. Best best napkin math I can do is that they're gonna owe a hundred million dollars to T Chase and Burrow, and then have to yeah. fill in the other fifty roster spots. With-
1: <laughs> well, I think that's part of why like Jesse Bates bounced, you know?
0: Yeah, they're like, we can't, we, like,
1: we know, and, and you're gonna have to pay Jamar Chase, or else you run the risk of really making Joe Burrow mad. You know, oh, you Chase, probably
0: Chase is going to get the most money a wide receiver's ever gotten,
1: correct? And Burrow is going to get one dollar more than whatever the most quarter. Although, I could see a thing where so, remember, you got to put every do- guaranteed dollar into escrow based on the NFL's old ass, yeah, dr- draconian system rules, right? Because they're like, what if Jerry Jones doesn't have enough right. money it's to a, it's pay? A a tax contract? Right, yeah, it's and it's it's now backfiring on the owners a little bit. You know, they liked it because it was like, or like the, they liked it. Cause it was like, you know, they could use it as an excuse to say, Hey, we got to keep, you know, these guarantees down. Cause we got to put that money in there. And it's like, look, mofo, you got $17 billion. Okay. No one is feeling sorry that you'd have put 400 yeah, billion. It's in that probably crowd. okay. Yeah. But now you've got these two guys in, in the Spanish family and the, in the Brown family with the chargers and the Bengals respectively, where it's like, Oh, um, I think they probably have 500 million. Like they couldn't do fully guaranteed contracts and be liquid. I wouldn't think, you know, you get a loan or something like that, but they're not, you know, it's not like David Tepper, David Tepper could write that check. These Mm -hmm. guys are not writing that check. And so I think my hunch is that both Burrow and Herbert will skew a little bit old school in terms of the way that they do their contract in the sense that it's not going to be like a Andy Dalton or, you know, Colin Kaepernick contract, you know, versus like the Cam Newton contract. But I think that they will be willing to make concessions to help the team pay other people. Specifically
0: to this case, Jamar Chase. I mean, yeah, Chase is is his boy. So yeah, but just in the sense of
1: like, not like saying I'll take less money, but saying I will take a deal that requires you to put less cash on the table, knowing I'm going to get every single dollar out of this contract because I'm a quarterback in the NFL. And a star quarterback. And like, when you're a star quarterback in the NFL, those contracts play themselves out almost like nine times out of 10.
0: And Pat kind of signed a team friendly deal. I mean, it was tied tied to what the actual salary cap is now. I mean, who knows how long he goes and sees these other guys, contracts getting bigger and bigger and stays happy with that. He might, he might want to renegotiate at some point, but you could, you could see that happening. I mean, and also at the NFL level, like, Get get the absolute blue chip players signed. That's yep. that's the most important thing. And then rotate. Like Joe Burrow has has had a shitty offensive line for the entirety of his NFL career. It mostly hasn't really mattered. Um Yeah.
1: Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, like the maybe you could say like the ACL tear. Um, but that's his only sure. real injury. I mean, like, but that I mean, even that was, you know, he was just getting battered and he was a rookie, he was a pandemic. Um, you know, his only issues last year or the last yeah, the ACL tears rookie year. And then obviously he had to come back from it. He started a little slower. They they ran the offense, r- ran the ball a bunch early on. And then last year, the, the, um, burst appendix was, I mean, that's just a fluke. I, you know, I, had,
0: forgot, I had completely forgotten about that. We might get Joe appendix. Burrow
1: without think about it, like rookie year pandemic and rookie season. I and mean, that's hard. Even when you're the number one pick, you get the playbook early. Second right. year, he's coming off a torn ACL. And then last year he's coming off the burst appendix, not appendicitis, burst appendix, which is way worse. Like he, he might've even gone septic. I don't know that, but if we, if we might get Burrow starting the season completely healthy and completely ready to go, they could come out cooking with
0: gas. Yeah, they could, which would be, which would be fun. They have that week 17 game against the chiefs. That's going to be uh, yeah. the, the highlight of, of the ending of the season. So those are examples of successful marriages Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. <laughs> oh, very nice. I mean, two two of the two of the biggest megalomaniacs, I think, probably in. Maybe that's not even fair about Payton. It's definitely fair about Russell Wilson. Um, you know, I've heard everything and have thought everything from Russell Wilson will feel very humbled by how shitty he played last season, and mm. by his you know defensive teammates yelling at him after yet another failed drive to. Russell Wilson is so far removed from reality and knowledge of his own skill <laughs> abilities that he is not going to take any of Sean Payton's coaching and is just going to play his way out of organized football.
1: Um, I would fall, I would fall closer to the former, but not because Russ is going to have this like mindset change. Like he, when he got traded to Denver, remember they were they were sell, they sold the team right afterwards. So That's you have right. this like, so you have this whole new ownership group. takes over from the Bowen family had been you know on the team since the inception right or very close to it right yeah yeah i I could i i think pat i could be wrong about that but i'm pretty sure that's right regardless you have this ownership change with the waltons coming in and even though you have the connection where um stan kronke's wife is a walton which because they needed more money um you know largest like you get two billionaire families marrying each other come on guys um the like even though you have that sort of inside baseball so to speak knowledge of like how to run a team you have this quarterback trade that happens and then you really have a wholesale power structure shift right now elway's out um you know george payton is still there but like you you have a new first time first year head coach and so i think russ because of the way that the trade went down essentially was given, and because Tom Brady had just won a Super Bowl, essentially was like given like and Matthew Stafford had just won one too. Was given like carte blanche to do whatever the hell he wanted. That's why you hear you know he had his own nutritionist and he had his own like his own people in the building, in the which building. is not Sean Payton shit on that immediately. He's like, I've never heard of that. We don't do that. I, I think if Drew Brees can take to Sean Payton, and even though Brees did it when he, when he was you know he was coming off. Uh, with the torn labrum? Nobody really wanted to sign him. You know, uh, Saban you know, didn't sign him. Um, I, I think that Russ. I think Russ will take to what Sean Payton brings to the table, knowing that like once they work together a little bit, that it's going to be very, very clear that Sean Payton is an incredible play caller. That anybody Russ talks to who's worked with Sean Payton is going to be like, look, this is the guy. That's the you guy. Know, like, like outside of Andy Reid, like this is the guy when it comes to calling plays and when it comes to you know winning. And like I, I think that it will maybe be a little bit closer like John Gruden and Derek Carr in that, you know, I think, I think Drew Brees and and Sean Payton were friends or are friends and got along and could probably like joke about stuff that dudes joke about and not like a man and a robot, you know? And like, that's, that's maybe closer to what Russ and Sean Payton will be, but I think their working relationship will be such that I would be surprised. I, I would be really surprised if it's not successful um if we could like i think nine and eight being like the bottom barrel success in 2023 i mean
0: that would be good at that division yeah i, I mean, think so but i mean to so to that point breeze had nothing left physically at the end i mean this nothing. was a man this was a man who like could i don't know could he throw the ball 40 yards at the end like probably <laughs> not he had like uh <laughs> he'd like hurt his rotator cuff a bunch he was just throwing you know uh, pop pop gun passes he was coming advantage. back
1: from injury early too
0: yes and he ended his career at 40 and 41 with a ypa of 7.9 and 7.5 led the nfl in completion percentage three straight years was above 70 percent for five straight years they had Crazy. a winning record when he was the quarterback every year uh since 2016 like and this is with a much like so if if russell wilson's problems are he's declining as an athlete and he needs to work around that. I can't really think of a better coach for them Correct. to have hired than Sean Payton Cause he can, he can work with that. If Russell Wilson is willing to be a distributor, the things that would cause I honestly, I'm willing to blame so much of it on Nathaniel Hackett, who I think yeah. is clearly out of his depth, not a leader of men. I mean, everything that the Broncos players were saying yeah. after they fired him for the interim was like, the guy just sucked.
1: Yeah. Well, did you hear, I thought it was this, I have repeated this a bunch, but and like, we never really got talked about, but like, remember early on in the season, they had a bunch of delay of games and, yes. and Peyton Manning on the, on the Manning, on the, the Omaha production, like the Manning cash or whatever was like he early, they had, I think, I don't know if it was the Broncos Colts game, but it was one of those early Broncos game might've been that game first quarter. And he was talking to Eli about it. And he's like, yeah, they told us that, Nathaniel, I swear to make this up, but like Nathaniel Hackett calls a couple of plays and Russ gets those plays in his ear and then he picks which one they want to run between them, which is insane. That's too much. It's way too much. It's like, yeah. like and, and that goes back to like, like Sean Payton ain't doing that. Sean Payton's like, you're running this play. Throw the ball here. Like, Drew Brees once told Pete Prisco that he could, like, he could, he could... Um, he could like blind, you could blindfold him and he could complete like 60% of his passes. And it wasn't like, ah, I'm so good. It was like, I know this playbook so well, and we have drilled this down so specifically like I can get the ball out. I know my guys get like, I know, I think it might've been Marcus Colson at the time, but like, I know Colson's going to be there. Right. Or, you know, Mike Thomas is going to be like, and that's where I think that, I think that Russ was like basically running the offense. Early on, it was like doing like multiple choice and they were getting delayed games because they were getting, you know, he was, he was all right. Hmm, do I want to do this player, this place third and seven, like, all right, let's do this. And then he would get the play out in the huddle and he wasn't using a wristband because he's too prideful. Pete Carroll basically said that he's like, Gino uses the wristband because he's not an asshole. Um, he didn't right. say asshole, but he was, he was you know, paraphrasing. Um, and, uh, and I think that you're going to see Russ just operate an offense that is insanely more efficient. And more well designed than whatever Hackett brought to the table. I mean, Hackett had you know, Aaron Rodgers. Like, I mean, he's letting Rodgers do the same thing. Rodgers do whatever he wanted. Then would you know, look downfield, wouldn't see anything, would spin around and, and do the double break with the wide receivers.
0: And then throw it out of bounds a lot of the time. Yeah. So I guess, uh, I mean, that doesn't portend great things, having Hackett be his offensive coordinator again in, right, in, right. in New York. I that That is, I think, an underreported element of the Jets' uh, dalliance with Aaron Rodgers, which is that they're not bringing him in to, like, a really high-functioning system already. They're letting right. him use the same system that lost a bunch of playoff games in the last decade. (laughs) So I don't know. I, 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 and I'm willing to be very wrong about the jets thing. Like I'm, I'm down,
1: I'm down on the jets. I mean, yeah. Like, I don't
0: know. It just feels like old guy goes to a new place, but gets to call all the own shots. I I feel like it's like Russ. Yes. It's the same thing. It's the same thing with the same coach. Like it's unbelievable. Okay. the Well, the Jets, the Jets, uh, division adversary, the, the Buffalo bills, I, do you, or is it just bad vibes around them? Or is it just me? I mean, I just feel, I feel like the playoff loss this last So there are two yeah. playoff losses, the 13 seconds, 13 seconds, insane gut punch. I don't know psychologically how you ever get over that. I I can't, it would just feel horrible. Yeah. And then just the insane, just no effort against the Bengals. it just felt like no one wanted it i don't even know how you do that in an nfl playoff game like those two playoff losses are are really brutal to me
1: so i think that is where i'm at on this whole digs thing like and i've I've been trying to explain it but i should just said it like that um i mentioned the 13 seconds and then i guess the Bengals game was such a such a beatdown! Like it just didn't, you barely remember it happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was like, all right. I mean, like, and I, I picked Cincy to win the game. And so I guess I was like happy about it, but like, um, by the way, I don't think I've ever told this story, but, uh, now that he's fine, I think, I, I think I can tell it. Um, uh, the, the big dog on
0: underdog. I was, yes. uh, have I told you this? No, uh, I just, I remember, I remember this tournament.
1: Yeah. So last year, think I, um, I was 15 points out of first place with burrow and T Higgins remaining.
0: Oh no. And then Demar
1: Hamlin got hurt and they canceled like the tournament. And so like, I, I was, I was pretty I'm 99% sure I was going to win it. Um, obviously they, you know, ultimately they didn't play the game. The right thing to do. What was underdog going
0: to do? You know, um, that was, that's such a, uh you know, obviously my friend, Pat Corain, w- yeah. got got a huge benefit of that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, lost, the- I lost
1: like 90 grand. Pat won a million bucks, bo- or two million bucks.
0: Yeah, uh, it is. I wonder, uh, I mean, we're getting back into the fantasy. I wonder um, if any of these sites have changed their language based yeah. on canceled, canceled games or whatever, because... Good question. I do think probably in the end, they did... All of these sites, FFPC, Underdog, whatever, I do think they all did the most fair thing they could at the circumstances. I do wonder if going forward you should use the next week's stats. I, I it just if for whatever reason, if you know, crazy weather, because think about this, weather events are gonna start impacting more and more NFL games. Are you right? suggesting
1: that the Earth is getting hotter? Is that what you
0: <laughs> I'm suggesting the Earth is getting hotter, forest fires. Uh, we, we talked about this on a show yesterday. 2023 is an El Nino year. Oh yeah. So, I saw that.
1: I saw it. Who, who, did you bring that up? Or did, did I, you... I,
0: I was kind of tongue in cheek bringing it up, right. but it I could, of... I
1: could hear you like semi-sarcastic be like, it is an El Nino year. This could... but, but like, it might, I mean, it might matter.
0: Well, remember last year in week 16, it was like zero degrees everywhere in the United States. Yep. All these, all these totals were like 32. There was that Browns game where it was like, it was, it was, I want to say Browns Saints maybe where there was like, the total dropped down to like thirty-one. They were just handing it off the entire game.
1: Or the, uh, the Patriots Bills with the wind and like, and like, we we were talking. I was talking about this, and I mean, I'm not like a,
0: um,
1: yeah, I'm not like I'm not like you know on a Greenpeace mission or anything like that. Sure, I mean, me I did, either. Yeah, I mean, but don't get me wrong. Like, I think the Earth is obviously. War- I mean, if you don't think the Earth is warmer, then you don't believe the Industrial Revolution is real. Which is, uh, you know, we're getting way off topic here. But the point being is, like, right you don't think the earth has gotten hotter since we invented machines, then you're an idiot. So yeah, it's gotten hotter. And like, that's why like my buddy was saying, he's like, man, he's like, uh, we had a buddy who's down at um, Southport, which is near Wilmington, North Carolina. And he got out of his car. and He saw it. And he saw it and He's like, had a gator, sp- like swim, like a six foot gator, like swim at him and pop up. You never saw gator, like gators are like, you're just seeing gators more in North Carolina. Cause it's just getting warmer. It's like a lot warmer. And like, like, you know, copperheads, we saw a couple when I was a kid. Now it's like they're everywhere. I mean, it's it's like like nature's 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 swinging back a little bit at uh, at everybody for for heating the heating the globe up. At any rate, yeah, like I think I would bet that there was had to be some kind of legal symposium or like see like continuing legal education about what to do for these sites because you could have eventually like whoever lost to Corrine, you know, could have sued. Like you could could've sue. Sued. I mean. Could. yeah and like i don't think you're gonna win but that's you're, you know if you have it in the language you can get it thrown out on a motion
0: dismissed and not to worry about it well most i mean everyone seemed to mostly be cool about it basically is what ended up happening i think the guys in ffpc the first and second guys actually made a deal uh in in mm. a million dollar prize where i believe the second place i like before the nfl announced their decision if that's not true I, I'm sorry, but I, I'm pretty sure that, that,
1: pretty, that makes sense. So it's like it's like we don't know which way this is gonna go. Like one guy knows he's gonna lose, and one guy knows he's gonna win, or like like and, like somebody's gonna win or lose based on them playing the game, right?
0: And they were, it was like I want to say it was like eight points. The second place guy was eight points behind, and it was like Tyler Boyd, I think, or maybe Dawson yeah. Knox. But it was it was somewhere where it was like you're probably gonna get caught, but you might not get caught. But if this game, I mean, and what boy if this game touch- is played, you're probably getting caught. You're probably getting caught. Right. So they. Made I should have. It. I should have hit
1: up the guy in first on the big dog. I guess, huh?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, people and people have been discussing deals. Like I know Corrine talked about about making a deal or whatever, which I think made sense. But the and the sites do. I mean, every website that does contests has some language of like, if a situation is not covered, it's up to our discretion or whatever. Right. Uh. But I don't know. Something about it does seem like. One, it seems good to have that in place for free occurrences anyway. And two, if the weather stuff does get more out of control, I can see games. Remember the the Vikings game, the Brett Favre, you know, they they postponed it for two days, like while his ankle healed because there was snow ever do you remember this? Oh
1: yeah, God, that's right. It's like forever ago.
0: But that was like a weird they played it on a Wednesday, right? And and yeah. fantasy normally stats inc does. Well, how, about, how, about stats. A, how
1: about an effing pandemic? And we played games on every day of the week, right? We had
0: Tuesday, Wednesday games with the oh my pandemic. God, the the Titans Bills game that got, that kept getting pushed Wednesday at two p.m. or something like that. Like, what the hell? <laughs> well, um, the Titans just were like, we have to practice, dude. Like, and then they really got fined because they practiced on like a high school field when they weren't <laughs> yeah, supposed right. to. Classic. I
1: remember. We, I mean, I remember like we were talking about um, force majeure or force majeure contra- uh, clauses. Like, you know, it's like because you know, every you know, we're like, what happens if? Um, they cancel the nfl season here it's like are we getting paid or and it was like you know they're like like every like everybody's looking around their contract for a force majeure like like oh that's an act of god sorry you're screwed they cancel football we're not paying you know like and so i think you need to have something like that built into these these sides just because just it was like and this was a weird one too where if it had been like a hurricane and even then you feel like an asshole. Cause you're, you know, it's like, I mean, people, you know, people's lives have been affected and altered. Yes. Um, and there are way more things than important than football and, and me, you know, winning an underdog contest um, at the same time, you know, you know, like, like the, the more Hamlin thing. You're like, like there was no, no, I had to, I had to reconcile that. Like, okay. Like I might lose $90,000 here, but like, I have to be okay. You know, like, I, I mean, I'm not, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm a great human being or like a superb elite, you know, moral right. human being. I'm just saying, like, I had to get to a point where it's like, that dude's life is more important than whatever, like, thing I'm worried about with this that has
0: That has kind of been redone in the consciousness, thinking back to that game. Like, there was like a 10-minute period where we all thought... Play he was the dead. game! <laughs> yeah, we all, we all thought that guy was dead. Like, we just all thought oh, he yeah. died on the field. Yeah. Well, it was, I I, th- I mean,
1: and I don't know if I'm like... Remembering this incorrect like I thought, and this is not me, maybe this is me, like being like, I also want this contest, to, like, I, I really want this contest to keep going. But it's like, I mean, the NFL has never done that. Like, never I mean, said, I, We're I, not,
0: I don't remember ever.
1: Not for a player on the field. Like, I mean, I watched a lot of people get stretchered off a field.
0: Donald Parham in a game last year had a seizure and was yeah. stretchered out, and they, they kept finished playing. the game using the end yeah. zone.
1: Yeah. I think they played it. They had a snap. I mean, remember the NFL with the Bills, Bengals? They were like, "They're like, uh yeah, we're being told we're going to go back." Like Joe was it because it was Monday night, right? Yeah, it was Monday night. Yes, was Joe Buck and yeah, Dayton. The Bucks like, "I'm being told, um, we'll be back up and running in the next four
0: minutes." It's like, uh, okay, all right <laughs> look I great. guess it. It probably was the coaches. In, in retrospect, the coaches, the coaches and like, the
1: players, I think, were like, "No."
0: Yeah, we can't, we can't yeah. do that. And the NFL was probably like you, motherfuckers. You, <laughs> yeah, get back yeah, out it's there. like, well,
1: I think they just have these policies in place.
0: Like, people think the
1: NFL is this nefarious, like Wizard of Oz, cloak and dagger. Like, <laughs> we pulled off another one, didn't we, Roger? And it's really, it's like, no, they're just sort of ham-fisted and incompetent a lot of the times. Like that's all. Like, there's just a dude in the office. He's like, all right. What's our policy here? He's like, if we don't got one. Here, no, He's like, here's the policy: is you keep playing. <laughs> like, guy on a stretcher, no big deal. You keep playing, and it's like, and they just never. They're so reactionary. The NFL is like they, like with everything. Like I was on a um, conference call before the show, uh, with the Jeff Miller's on there. Like they had the NFL VP, NFL VP of something, and like it was it was a gambling call. It was a call about gambling and the players um with with a bunch of media members and it was like it's they are doing this reactionary reactionarily because now the players have been suspended and everybody's yelling like well what the fuck like you've got Fanduel, and it's like like Jamison williams suspension brought to you by fan duel like you know. right and so like now they're like making this push like here's why ahead of the season here's here's what the here's why the nfl gambling policy is great brought to you by DraftKings sportsbook Um, but you know, it's, it's like, instead of, they could have gotten out ahead of this and been, you know, with everything that they do, like, all right, let's player collapses on the field, has a heart condition. What are we going to do? Are we going to play the game or not? Like they, they just react in the moment. And you know, I think that it's not, oftentimes it's not nefarious. It's just a lack of preparation.
0: Yeah. I think you're right. Speaking of a lack of preparation and ham fisting, let's close with this. Cause I know you like golf. I love golf. And um, well, you were
1: prepared. I just derailed the like three or four of the topics that you brought, which were all good.
0: It's all, I mean, Hey, we're just a yeah, good, good podcast. host goes with the flow. That's yeah. the, that's the name of the game. So we just, uh, we had the U S open championship in the, in the shadow of this, this proposed merger that we, we think is going to happen. But it's clearly monopoly and clearly is gonna get challenged in the courts. Now, uh, is the Saudi Arabian private investment fund gonna lose a court battle? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't I don't think no. that's happening. So I think we will see Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson and Bryson and these guys return. Uh, I think we'll see a lot of the guys who got offered money and stayed. I think they're gonna get paid off. I think Rory yep. and Morikawa. And Scotty Scheffler and Jordan Spieth. I think these guys are gonna get uh, you know, some gifts from this. now. Uh hopefully know, Jay he,
1: Moynihan is okay. Like I uh, don't wanna I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, he's like he, what he's
1: in the hospital, right? It's an odd timing for a health scare. If you were cynical, you could suggest that.
0: Yeah. Uh I mean he he probably under a lot of stress too though. <laughs> probably under a lot of stress. I mean, my first instinct is to say, Jay, you really fucked it. You, you, you really you sold out all your guys. You told them all not to join. You told them you invoked 9-11 to get to to (laughs) really invoke 9-11 hard. Really invoke the 9-11 thing really hard. But I, I would imagine this is my guess. And I said this a couple weeks ago, my guess is their plan was to just try and get enough money to make it so that the guys who stayed on the PGA tour could feel like, well, I'm not giving up that much money by not going, you know, maybe, maybe I'm not making a hundred million dollars a year maybe I'm making $50 million a year Correct. or 75, something like that. And basically they just started to do the math after a while. And they were like, we don't know. Where we're getting this. We don't know where we would get enough money. And so we're, ne- we we're do- never, we're never
1: going to get there. Right.
0: So um, we just got to give up.
1: I think the other thing, so yeah, I think the other thing that hurt him too, um, the, the, I think the live players doing well in the majors, Brooks, Brooks winning,
0: Brooks, Brooks winning, winning the, the PGA
1: championships. It's like, Rory's like, why didn't I go to the live? Like, I because Brooks won a major. we have four majors since I won one. Um, and then the other, the biggest thing to me is always the case with this stuff. Like this is why the NFL, you never see these law, like the, the NFL would never go to the Supreme court and battle it out with Tom Brady. If they absolutely had to, because discovery is a mother effer. Like the yeah. PGA tour was not going to allow, and neither was live quite frankly. We're not going to allow discovery to happen in all of these documents and correspondence and all of this information to get out into the public sphere for a whole variety of reasons, whether it's things that Jay Moynihan might've said on over, over his personal, just coming to email about various players, about like, whatever the, whatever the reasons why the big corporate and the uh the 503C or 503C3. Yes. The, they're a, they're a tax-exempt corporation. And yeah. they don't want to give that up. And I would bet you any amount of money that the NFL and the NBA and the NHL and whoever else were like, yeah, look, figure this shit out. Because if you lose it, then they're going to come after us next. And we are not losing that tax-exempt status. They love that tax-exempt status. Um, I thought, and I'm sort of using one of your – other questions to sort of i'm answering one of your other questions without you being at without asking because i think it's i thought that the and i didn't tweet about this or talk about it very publicly but like i thought the hand wringing from people about live was a bit a bit overstated
0: sure and it's sure it's It's, it's very overstated because the idea that american billionaires are good but saudi billionaires are bad it's like right i I mean i i said this on the show a couple weeks ago but like you know boeing and raytheon sponsor of the PGA tour uh right. who do you th- who do you think Boeing and Raytheon's customers are you know yeah it's, it's not it's, it's mom and pa in wisconsin like it's it's a real it's a real denial of how global geopolitics work which is that money funnels upwards and that yes. uh the idea the idea that the accumulators of those money do so in always morally or philosophically uh you know good ways is is <laughs> extremely it's an extremely childish worldview. yeah and It's
1: also like, are there bad things that the Saudis do? Sure. A lot of bad things the Americans do too. Um, But also, two weeks after the live thing happens, and Moynihan is like citing 9-11, it's like Biden's over in Saudi Arabia, you know, meeting with- Like literally flying his
0: private jet there to go beg for them (laughs) to keep giving us oil so that we don't have to go to war with Russia. Right, exactly.
1: And so I, I thought that like, that felt very- or, you know, Brandon Chamblee is like complaining about the soul of golf being destroyed. It's like, bro, I mean take it down a fucking notch. Like
0: pretty pretty soulless sport these days, anyways. I, yeah, I mean, look, I'm glad love it's golf. I'm glad it's over, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I mean, look, I love golf, but the idea like golf is like a very privileged game and yeah. it's not that serious at the end of the day. And uh we you just are never gonna beat one point five trillion dollars. You know, you're just not that's not a battle no. you're winning. In any battle. Yeah. Unless
1: you yeah. have two trillion.
0: I honestly, I honestly, I, in a way I do, uh, I mean, I don't feel that bad. My heart's not really crying, but some of these guys who held out because the, yeah. the idea is that if you are a real moralist and you really didn't want to take the Saudi money, you, you can't be a professional golfer anymore. Right. You
1: know? Because now you, you, Rory McIlroy took a stand and said, I will not do that. I mean, Tiger Woods, you know, it's like, look, I have several billion dollars. I don't need a hundred billion. Like I, yeah. it's not going to do anything but drag my legacy if I go do that, and, and I think he did the right thing. Rory's like, I'm not doing it now. It's like, are you gonna are you gonna play now or like you know? Right. It's like he's like, well, yeah, I'm gonna keep playing for the tour. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, I can't. Like, it. You, it want, it's, you want me
0: to? You want me to go back to college and become an electrical engineer at the age of 30, <laughs> right? five, You know, it's yeah. like it's 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 not it's not uh, it's not real. You feel you choose. feel bad
1: for the dudes who took a stand, sacrificed money were those public shield for Moynihan in the PGA tour and now are like look like f- probably feel like the suckers. And I can't... mean
0: Rory definitely feels like a sucker because he was they... kind of the face of it. And he played yeah. like shit dealing with all this too, right? He sure missed did. the cut at Augusta. Like clearly I and then I you get the sense, US Open, he's just like, you know, piping every drive. He's like, I don't know, he probably feels liberated. I mean Absolutely. Not on well, remember... not on Sunday, but Right. I mean, he, I mean, Wyndham Clark just played his ass off. Like that was an unbelievable
1: performance. He's legit. But like the other thing too, like you think about Rory, remember right before COVID Rory had ripped off like five or six top fives and was like, like playing
0: player of the year in 2019,
1: playing out of his mind and COVID happened. And I think he had a kid like right in that stretch. And it just, Rory, I think Rory, Rory's more like larger sense, like in the, in the, in the total opposite way that like Justin Johnson doesn't think about anything, anything ever just walking around, like swinging arms, swinging Dick, like whatever, you know, whatever he's just, he's just
0: he's just, he's just vibing. Yeah. He yeah. Care.
1: But then like Rory's like got this weight that like stays on him. Even when he's on the course, it feels like when, when larger issues are at, at play in his life, I feel like that, it impacts his actual performance. I
0: mean, he, he missed the cut at the British Open, which is an event he's historically dominated when yeah. he's in his hometown because he just couldn't... It was just too much.
1: It was too much, right, exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah, and so I think the type of person who feels like things like that are too much, I mean, he's my favorite golfer ever, so I'm very sympathetic to him in all of this. But, uh, yeah, I mean, him and, and like, Morikawa, another guy who, I mean, you know, he's made some money, but he's certainly not as rich as Rory is. Like, no. That was true generational wealth that Colin Morikawa could have made in like 18 months and he turned it down. And yeah. And
1: like, what if Morikawa get I mean, offered? like 50 or something like that?
0: Oh, way she, more. The, oh, okay. the, the, the reports were, the reports were that some of these top, top guys who said no, it, it it was like, it was like money that would make your eyes water. Like, like unbelievable to yeah. you, know, uh, you and I like just money. Like, we if could if, never if I mean, if, if
1: I got offered a hundred million dollars to do just about anything, it's getting done.
0: No doubt. if the Saudi yeah. private investment fund wants to become the presenting sponsor of this podcast, they can feel free to reach <laughs> out to me. Absolutely. Saudi no if, doubt if the, about it.
1: if the if the Saudi public investment fund, I said this on my podcast is like you want to start a NFL uh, a, a league that opposes the NFL and you need you can't find a broadcaster who will jump ship you aren't looking hard enough. Cause I am right here, buddy. Like, like whatever your little, whatever your bump up and pay is, you can do it increment. You can, you know, I don't need a hundred million. Like I'll take,
0: well, that's, that's the, that's the real Brian Windhorse pointing meme of this whole thing <laughs> yeah. is that this actually, this actually sets them up to start buying NFL teams. Right. Yep. Yeah. It, it, so that's, that's happening.
1: It's not, it's not even like sports washing. I mean, I understand that like it is, but it's more like you are, uh, washing the walls with which the money is going to flood through. Well,
0: we force OPEC countries to take U.S. dollars via sure. our, our weapons, right? We're <laughs> like, you, you, you better take this because we have a lot of weapons. And so then they have all these dollars. But they got to spend the dollars on something, or they're going to deflate. You know, they're going right. to be worth less. So they got to buy stuff. They got and they got to buy stuff that holds value. Can't really think of an investment that's going to hold value better than an NFL franchise over the no. next fifty years. Yeah.
1: And you also have a generation of NFL owners who are, you know, like sort of the OG generation of guys that bought in when it was not in. You know, when they expensive. were
0: family businesses,
1: right? But like, we're like Bob Kraft and Jerry Jones bought their franchises before they were cost like four, you know, four billion dollars. Um, and so now you're gonna have it's like all right, it's time to like you know there, there's succession plans in place and like Stephen Jones will take over the Cowboys and he's not gonna sell to Saudi, we don't think, but there's gonna be teams where you have a situation like look at Washington, you're telling me that if like somebody stepped in and was like I'll give you 10 billion dollars for what for Dan for this and it's like okay
0: like yeah this
1: guy this guy they own the PGA Tour
0: why not <laughs> like why can't the, why yeah exactly it's the same thing why why can't I say why can't I say no yes to this yeah yeah exactly. Obviously. All right, well, let's get you out of here. Tell the people what to listen to, what to read, what to watch over the next couple of weeks to get ready for the NFL season.
1: Yeah, uh, well, this is the, uh, I mean, it's, it's the, it's the downs, it's like the vacation time for the NFL, but we're doing an all 32 series of the Pick 6 podcast right now, myself and Katie Mox, uh, bringing in like somebody for each team to sort of break down what you need to know about training camp, get the nuggets, get the, it's good for gambling, good for fantasy, good for all that stuff. And uh, we'll be writing plenty of content on CBSports.com, Twitter at Will Brinson, and Instagram at the same.
0: Beautiful. Everyone, follow Will. Listen to the pick six. It's a blast, podcast, man. And I will be back with uh, actually already pre-recorded. I'll be back with Brian Hooper next week. Nice.
1: Across America, BP supports more than two hundred seventy-five thousand jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms, and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
0: Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right...